This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook mini course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook, and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at $297, but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get instant access. Now on to the show. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hello, listeners, and we are so excited to be back for another week of our amazing podcast, Thanks for visiting. We've got a really exciting episode for all of you listeners this week. But before we do that, you know how we like to do. We like to love on you guys for using our hashtag STRSharesSunday. If you want to be featured on the podcast and on our Instagram account, use the hashtag. We are following it. And we are inspired every day by other everyone else who's been using it. So it's really great. And that who are we chatting about today? We are highlighting and sharing at The Cabin at Scenic Hills. The Cabin at Scenic is S-C-E-N-I-C, Hills. Exactly like it sounds. But, wow. It's really a cabin, like truly a cabin, which I appreciate that. And it's darling. Am I allowed to use that word, darling? (sighs) Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if it does You'll You'll appreciate this, Annette. But you know what it is, listeners? It's tight. Like, it's just like the craftsmanship is tight. The interior is just tight. Like, it's all, it's good. It is really good. The The photo quality. Yeah. All right. So, let's talk about it. They are here in Ohio, which makes me have a little, some pride there. So, and they're in a teeny tiny town. It's Berlin, Ohio, but it also, that meshes up against Millersburg. And for people that are not from the Midwest, we have something here called Amish country. (laughs) And to give you a little explanation, it's just where the Amish population lives. And if you're not familiar with Amish, please look it up. I can't go through all the details here. I was like, I hope you're not going to try to tackle that one. And (laughs) and maybe people have watched Breaking Amish on the, uh, (laughs) on one of those, uh, one of those stations. But it is so, so, it's hosted by Johnny and Brenda. And, and their population, are, did you say what it was? Oh, it's no, like, I left that out. 
population. Seven or 800 people, you guys. Right. It is a small area. They are super hosts. And of course they are. One thing I just want to talk about right out of the gate, because I don't know if any of our other STR Share highlights have had this. They have no TV. And I love that. I respect that. They do have Wi-Fi. They do have Wi-Fi. But I appreciate them. That's a differentiator, right, Sarah? I think there could be people that honestly look for a place without a TV. If they want to decompress or have their family, you know, get off devices for a while. That's part of their brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, the whole, I think their whole purpose is to unplug. Wi-Fi is probably there for safety. Mm-hmm. And also because there is a, I think there's a threshold for us Americans. <laughs> right. Like I respect um, the no TV, but the Wi-Fi I might have a little problem with. Right, right. Um, and one thing that Annette, you, you, you discovered very early on when you went to their Airbnb listing is they have a 360 interactive walkthrough via... Uh, they're not a port camera. And so listeners, actually, this is something my husband, it's a service my husband offers with his design business, but they come through with a camera. They take footage of the space and it's all three, it's 360 view. And you can feel like you're actually walking through the short-term rental. You can even see it from like, the, they call it the dollhouse view. So you're like outside in the atmosphere, looking in on the house that all the walls, just to really give you an understanding of what the floor plan looks like. So, or feels like and how it flows, which is just, I mean, it's so smart because once you do it, invest it once and you have it for for a good time. And that, if I can too, I want to give one tip to our listeners that I love from these hosts. That's an interior design tip. So the interior is all white, which I, I love a crisp, clean, white space. But so that it's not void of personality or warmth, they used wood paneling variations to add texture and interest to all the walls. So in one bedroom, it's horizontal and then the ceilings are all, I'm sorry, vertical and the ceilings are all horizontal or there's board and batten or there's shiplap, right? Like it's just these different techniques of wood paneling inside the property, all painted white. But it, right, if you like look at the Airbnb listing, it just, it looks interesting because, because of that variation. So I love that they did that. And I'm just... For some reason, I don't know why I haven't really done this before, but I am like scrolling through their reviews and they are the most heartfelt, longest. And a word that keeps resonating is unplugged, a, per- a perfect place to unplug. And I feel like that's so fitting. We're all so plugged in now that uh, they're offering that space to, for people to unplug. And I love how they have incorporated some... Um, of interior photos and then exterior photos and then photos of things to do around town in their, in their Instagram. But man, they are crushing it. We cannot wait to go yeah. to go Congrats. find them. Yeah. Thank you for using our hashtag. And again, I think two things there is they have a big differentiator, no TV, and that uh, that 360 view is uh Listeners, is figure figure yeah. that one out. Go go to their Instagram, then go to their listing. Make sure to give them some likes, give them some follows, and heart them on Airbnb. But if you would like to be featured, because it's one of our favorite things to do, please use the hashtag STR Share Sunday, and we will make sure to get you on the show and highlight you at some point in time. All right, Annette. I mean, this episode has been a while in the making. Long time coming. It's actually and the reason 
Yes. The episode is even happening. You guys, we're going to give a little backstory before we intro our guest. This amazing guest is actually the reason that Sarah and I even know each other. So we are forever indebted to Catherine for the introduction, uh, introducing Sarah and I. But I will say the introduction is kind of interesting because Catherine and I were doing some work together and Catherine was like, Annette, you know who you would be a good fit with? (laughs) And she was like, is this other girl that just moved from New York? And she gave me Sarah's Instagram handle and I started following Sarah on Instagram. And then I maybe, I didn't stalk her. I just kept up with her. And then we were both at a city council meeting. I'm like, mm, that girl likes, looks like the girl on Instagram. So I kind of sat next to Sarah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess I kind of let, yeah, I kind of, you know, made the moves on her and got her number. But, you um, did, you did. But really, we are so, so thankful for Catherine and introducing us. And it just goes to show everybody, like, think about your network and who needs to know each other and, and hook them up, help them out. Don't keep... Don't keep that to yourself. So we're um, forever indebted to her, not only for the friendship that Sarah and I have, but our business and our podcast. So without further ado, Sarah, I'm going to let you intro Catherine. All right. Let's dive right into the episode today. Annette and I feel super lucky. We've been we've been talking about having this guest on for a while now. It's someone who is in our personal sphere of people, and she is a rock star. We have Catherine Williamson, and she is one half of um, a blog, a very popular blog called Beginning in the Middle. And her and her uh, husband Brian are designers, renovators, Airbnb super hosts. And in 2013, they moved from New York City to Columbus, Ohio, and they noticed a gap in the market for unique well-designed spaces. They decided to pursue their passion for design and hospitality and have been working together to restore old homes ever since. And you guys, I've seen these houses in person and they are amazing. The duo shares their DIY tips, design process, and before and afters on their blog, Beginning in the Middle, and have been featured in publications such as the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, House Beautiful, and Design Sponge. Catherine, welcome to our show. Hey, Sarah and Annette. How are you guys? Very oh my well. gosh. We're, we're, fan, good. we're fangirling. Uh, I'm Thank happy you us. for having me. Of course. We need to tell our listeners a little bit of a backstory. Yes, tell us. Yeah, I, I, I like gave you them the the Reader's Digest. Or what is it like the Cliff's Notes version? Yeah. But can you like dive in? Tell us everything. Well, yeah, I'll tell you all the details. Well, let's see. So I guess going back to oh God, wait, it was probably about ten years ago. Brian and I had just started dating, and Brian was living in Columbus at the time, and I was living in New York at the time. And uh, he decided it was during the recession, and he decided, you know, there was no jobs in Columbus, so he was going to move to New York. So we kind of had these like big plans um, to like just have the best life ever in New York City, as people normally do. And it just kind of like started eating at us and like burning us out the longer that we were there. Um, especially with me, I actually majored in accounting and had a tax consulting job there that just there was like a lot of travel, a lot of hours. And I just stopped kind of having the 
passion about it that I had in the beginning. So I think all of that, you know, just made us be like, do we even really want to be in New York? Where should we go? What kind of life do we want to live? Um, and we started thinking about places to go. And of course, Brian is he has been like so into Columbus um, <laughs> this whole time. And it was it was really cool. When we were in New York, he would be checking like Columbus Underground every week, like seeing the new developments popping up. And he just he has always been a fan. So his family is also here. And so we were like, you know what, let's just go. Um tested out and uh, on one trip back actually to visit his family, we had been driving through like German Village and Old Town East and some of these really, really cute neighborhoods around downtown and saw a lot of old houses. And I mean, I think if you've been to these neighborhoods, you know how cute they are. But we were like, man, you know, we could like buy a house and have a house and have a yard. And... <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And so we we're like, this could be really cool. And then we saw people in their front yards just, you know, like caring about their neighborhood, even though, you know, some of the neighborhoods were up and coming and they totally weren't there yet. And it was just really cool to see like an energy, I think, throughout the city. So that convinced me. I had at that point never been like, past Pennsylvania, I think, um, <laughs> going west. So it was it was just like it felt like an adventure to kind of just try something new. And um, our only plan for moving was to just do like have a better life, whatever that looked like. So um, we bought a house and it was actually in um, this neighborhood called Italian Village, which is now ridiculously popular. Um, at the time I remember People being like, oh, you know, it's still a little bit seedy, and we're not sure about like being on this side of High Street versus the other side of High Street, and it's just crazy how how things can change that fast. But um, we bought the house for less than we had to put down for our New York City apartment. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're like this is the best thing ever, and we just it was, it was a builder grade house, like it didn't need to be gutted. But we kind of just naturally started doing projects together. And um, they were just simple projects like painting our cabinets. And like we replaced the tile in one of our bathrooms and like totally messed it up. But I mean, there's just <laughs> there's things that we started doing at that house that got us interested in DIY and design and working together. And um, it just ended up being like a big experiment. So about a year into it, we started looking at our finances and we were like, where's all of our money going? You know, we had never really taken a good look at any of it. Um, we had like credit cards, car payments, student loans, all the things. And so we sat down and we were like, we need to get this together. So we decided to list our house on Airbnb to make extra money. We actually listed our spare bedroom first. Catherine, were there other were there other ideas? besides Airbnb? Or how did that one like rise to the top? Was that kind of like the path of least resistance? Or were you interested in it? Or Yeah. So at the time, I guess no one was really airbnb in Columbus. Okay. There was, I think, a couple of properties. But the reason why we liked it was because we lived at the house. And we wanted to make money while also not having to pay another mortgage okay, or rent or whatever. So this was a way to make money with like someone maybe visiting two or three weekends a month and that was it. Um, and we would be able to make the same amount of money 
by doing that than having like a full-time roommate. And, you know, it's just having a full-time roommate, like, you know, some people I think don't mind it. I'm an introvert. (laughs) I like my space. So it just felt way more appealing to me to just have someone there for certain parts of the month than the whole month. Gotcha. So yeah, I guess the reason why we chose Airbnb was because I I had a friend in Spain who was like telling me about how someone she knew had done that and was able to bring in the same amount of money um, by renting their house out or their apartment or spare bedroom for a couple nights a month versus the whole month. Um, So we're like, you know what? Let's try this. Like, there's who knows what goes on in Columbus, but we'll just list it and if we can get 10 nights rented this year you know like maybe that would be that would just give us some extra money and why not we're already living here we're already paying the mortgage let's just try it so we did and little did we know there was a huge demand in Columbus for places to stay beyond that like cozy comfortable places to stay as well so we did that for a couple months and actually got to know some people that we still keep in touch with today but it was it was really i think rewarding having a space that we had worked on ourselves and then getting to share that with someone else and like know that we were helping their experience in Columbus be better no, we Sarah and I actually we we talk about this all the time on the show and in our courses. It's we call it elevated reciprocity. Like that guest has a good time, but you're never anticipating the feeling that you're going to get knowing they're having a good time. So it, totally. it, it is kind of unexplainable. And, and Sarah and I find ourselves often trying to we talk about elevated reciprocity, but to put it into words is difficult until you actually host someone, like you don't even have to do anything that they're doing or even really know what they're doing, but knowing that you're a part of that travel or of that experience leaves you, you know, psychologically and physiologically like heightened to to participate in that. Totally. Yeah. It's it's really, it's a really cool part about I think being a host that you can't get doing other things. So I guess that this went on for a couple months with us renting out our spare bedroom. And then we were like, you know, we could just rent out the whole house. Like if we can charge... I think we were charging like, I don't know, $95 a night or something for our spare bedroom. We were like, we could charge more for the whole house and then just get a cheap hotel room and um, stay there for the night. And just, you know, let's just try that and see because this would help us with our paying off our debt even faster. And... So we switched it over to a a full house rental and that kind of is what started everything. So we stayed at the Motel 6 every night. Um, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It was was like to the point where... Actually, no. We we landed on the Motel 6 after we had tried out like 10 other... Cheap motels. Well, well, walk walk us through that. So you would actually be making more money to rent the whole house out for the weekend or whatnot. So you would just make sure that you, wherever you would stay would be a lower rate where you would still be making profit on what your week, your weekend rate was. You're an accountant. Talk us through that, that math there. Like, and, and, and was your husband on board for that? Like, did you show him the numbers? Like, and what were the, like, how did you, how did you know that staying at a hotel, I'm still trying to process that math of like staying at a hotel would still be profitable, but obviously you did it and it worked. Yeah, you had to go with the cheap ones. Okay. 
Um, no, so we we would rent it out, I think, for three hundred ish a night, and we would try to find a place that was a hundred or less. Okay, so the margin on it was still worth it enough to do it. Gotcha. Um, but we started doing it so often that we were like basically living at the Motel Six, um, and it got to the point where we were like, "What are we doing? Like this is <laughs> this is ridiculous. We can't keep doing this forever." But we were like, but we're also doing really well and this is working. And so like, do we want to just like go backwards and pretend that we never did this and move back into our house? Or do we want to move somewhere else and buy another property? So we decided to move somewhere else. And we actually still have that rental to this day. It's our best performing rental and it's our least updated rental, which is an interesting little tidbit. But well, Catherine, even though it's least updated, I'm at, I know you, like <laughs> your furnishings are beautiful and the decor is on point and like the details are there. Maybe just like the bathroom tile is dated or something or, or correct me, or maybe you're like, no, I kind of just threw that one together and I haven't really touched it since. <laughs> no, I think it's more from a renovation point of view. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. There's some dated stuff in there, but yeah, we've tried to offset it with other stuff. But yeah, so then we ended up moving into this this uh, investment property that was a duplex, and it ended up being a complete gut job that we did not expect. It was very much baptism by fire into the renovation and interior <laughs> world. Um, I mean, there was like every project under the sun in that house, and we lived in it, and it was just it was like thankfully it was our worst project that we've ever done in terms of like nastiness. But we ended up finishing that and you know, sold that one, bought another one, and kind of just kept doing that every year until now. And we've kept some properties as Airbnbs. We've sold some. We tried doing long-term rental, but just didn't like the relationship between landlord-tenant as much as we did between host and guest. And I think part of that, you know, there's probably many factors that went into that, and maybe we just got unlucky, but that's been our experience. Like it's been significantly better as hosts than landlords. No, so, I, um, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I mean, I know there are people, other people out there who just don't understand what the heck we do and why we do it because it's such, it's not as passive as long term tenants yeah. can be, but you're not alone in that. So, how many, how many are Airbnbs currently? So we have four units. Yeah. And we we toy with the idea of of listing the house that we live in right now, but we are holding back and just trying to have like some private <laughs> space for ourselves. So yeah, we'll see what happens in the future with that. But right now there's four. I love it. And then I mean, I, I kind of want to dive into like the meat of of the interview, which is you don't just list on Airbnb, correct? You use other platforms as well? Yeah. So we, I guess from the beginning, we've used primarily HomeAway, VRBO, their whole family of um, sites, and then Airbnb as well. And the interesting thing is that we actually got, up until maybe a year or two ago, we've been hosting this is our seventh year hosting. So the first four or five years, HomeAway actually brought in like 70% of our revenue. Um, and we noticed that like the guests that were booking on HomeAway were 
even like a little higher quality guests than what we were getting on Airbnb. And we also noticed that the HomeAway guests, I, I guess maybe because HomeAway is like a little more of a traditional um, site that's been around for like ever, those guests seem to be just willing to pay a little more and like understood kind of how things work with vacation rentals a little bit more than the Airbnb guests. So it was really interesting. In the last year or two, it has flipped towards Airbnb more for us. Do you think, Catherine, on HomeAway, let's talk... Our, some of our listeners might not know very much. And admittedly, I, I don't know that much about HomeAway. Are there any just bedrooms that you can rent on HomeAway? Do you think that's why you kind of stood out because you were a full... You are full homes for rent and they're full-time rentals? That's really true. Yeah. No, I don't think you can do um, just rooms within a house. Okay. Or shared no. shared spaces at all. Yeah. So, so no. I, th- I think that lends to the crowd, like we, we were speaking of, it lends to um, a crowd that know, like it's they're truly trying to find a, a, a home away from their home that is fully furnished, ready for their full family, kitchen, all that. Because I, I feel like on Airbnb, there's a lot of segmentation there of like, you know, am I going to have use of a kitchen, laundry, things of that nature, a private entrance where I think home away, it's more understood that just when you go to that platform period, that's what you're going to be served up. For sure. That's, that's true. Okay. And then are all... Are are all of your properties, the four units, are all of them on HomeAway? They are, yes. Okay. And do you... Yeah. I know Sarah and I get a lot of questions. Normally, and, and even myself, the trepidation of listing on multiple sites was always a double booking. Have you experienced that? And do you use a technology to help you keep all the calendars straight? Yeah. Um, so they, the way to prevent that is they have a little um, calendar export button on Airbnb, and you can like make HomeAway and Airbnb talk to each other without any other system or anything. But um, so you just have to export the, the Airbnb calendar to HomeAway, and then vice versa, and they automatically block off each other when a booking comes in from one of them. Awesome. And that's been that's worked well. You've never had any hiccups with it or any any, you know, like I said the double bookings at all. Yeah, knock on wood, we have not had an issue. No, that's that is awesome. And I do think we want to share with our listeners um and I can look this up after but Help me out, ladies. I believe that HomeAway and Verbo, they have an, a fee you pay up front to list on the site, correct? There is an option to do that. Oh, so you can, okay. you can pay, I forget what it is. It's like $500, I think. Oh, wow. Um, to get unlimited bookings for, you know, you don't pay the, the fee per booking. Um, or you can just opt out of that and pay the fee per booking. So if you're heavily on HomeAway, then you save a ton of money by doing like the one fee for the whole year. But um, right now, we're currently on all like pay per booking basis because we just we were like, yeah, we'll see how this goes, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have the option of doing either one. And I think they have kind of adjusted their structure as well to be more like Airbnb. Um, and I think they've realized that they probably shut a lot of people out by having that, you know, the big 
barrier to entry to list your your uh, house on that site. Um, whereas Airbnb is just like you can just get it up in a second. You don't have to pay anything. You pay when you get the actual booking. So yeah, now now you can do either one. Are you interested at all in? getting on other platforms. Like I know Booking.com is rising really flat fast. There's Flipkey. There's all these other sites coming up now. And then of course, there's those aggregators who bring them all together. So you just have like one portal. You can have your listing in all the sites. Like, do you... Are you intrigued by that, Catherine, because of your success leveraging too? Or are you cool with where you're at? I think that at the end of the day, I don't like being controlled by any one site. So like, I love Airbnb, like we'll always love them. (laughs) And I love HomeAway, maybe a little less than Airbnb. But I like both of them and both of them have their purpose. But I think at the end of the day, like they are their own businesses and they're going to handle their business in a way that helps them. And Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just... The more, you know, I think every host has to remember that. And I think when you rely too much on one site and put all your eggs in one basket, you're kind of like building your house on someone else's land, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the more diversity you can have, the better. And that's kind of just where I, you know, it's just like, why would you want to not have them out there in as many places as possible if you could be leaving money on the table? And I know you're really good too, Catherine. Uh, you have a brand for your hosting business, which Annette and I really believe in, and you do such a great job at, at it. You, what what are your thoughts on taking direct bookings? I mean, you've been in business for a while now. Do you collect email addresses or have your own marketing thing? Or is it something where it's so inexpensive, it's 3% per booking on Airbnb that you kind of let them market for you for now? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting... Um... It's a really interesting topic. I feel like that's been something that we've been wanting to do forever. But we haven't because I think the listing sites make it really easy. To <laughs> they do. <laughs> with mm-hmm. list your listing and like not do anything. But I think when something like you know coronavirus comes around and you realize that you can't see anyone's email addresses and you know can't control your, your position in the search results and etc., it kind of just makes you think like, okay, should I take more control over my own business versus letting someone else control it? Right. So I, I am I am interested in it. Um, I think we haven't like fully... We haven't implemented it yet. And we're kind of like looking into it to see... But I mean, it's 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 work. That's the thing. It's It's mm-hmm. like more work. And I feel like... You know, it's kind of like this shift in mindset from like I'm a host who lists my property on someone else's platform versus like I'm a business owner and I have to market my own properties. You know, right? Um, so it, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm totally all for it. Um, I just don't know. We're we're just trying to figure out like, is it worth it? And you know, what's the best way of doing it? And all of that. But I think what we're going through right now has definitely made me think about it again. And I think you're right. in the boat with a lot of diff- a lot of other hosts with that with, that are thinking that same thing right right now for sure. Sarah briefly talked about your your suite of homes having their own Instagram account and 
It's um, at the Village Host, listeners. Please check it out. You're going to be in. You're just. I'm warning you. Sit down, grab a glass of wine or a cup of tea because you're going to be scrolling through for a while. Because then you'll get sucked in over on their other account, beginning in the middle, and then it'll just be like you know. You'll just have a little scroll <laughs> session. Oh my god! Just warning. Uh, just warning you. everybody there. But. Um, Catherine, I want to, if you could share with our listeners, we, we always let them know like how important social media is. And I, number one, you do obviously a, an excellent job at it, but I want to talk about how many bookings, like with your account, how do you think that helps your occupancy? And then also, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen some sponsored ads on Instagram and Facebook. And if you could just share with our followers, you know, if you do sponsor um, your ads from time to time, how that's um, fared for you? So it's hard to tell because we have everything pushing to Airbnb right now. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell if the traffic is coming organically from Airbnb or if it's coming from the link that we have in our profile to go to Airbnb. Gotcha. So it, yeah, like right now, I think unless we have the direct booking or some other way of tracking it, it's, it is hard to tell. Um, but I think the the bigger thing that we're trying to do with our brand is just, you know, there there's a lot of beautiful places in this city to stay at. And I mean, there's just like there's a ton of like wonderful, wonderful places. And, you know, they're they're just as good as ours. Ours are not anything special, I think, compared to what's out there right now. Um, but I think what we're trying to do is just create more of like a brand and an experience and if someone, I guess, an experience that that people can just experience our city through the thoughtful touches that we put in there and mm-hmm. making it more special and personal. And I think also, you know, just having like continuity among our properties, so that if someone v- visits our website, they can see like all of our properties. Um, I feel like it's a good way to like cross sell your properties too. Um, Not not everyone ends up going to your profile page on Airbnb and then seeing all your listings. So I I just think like I think also too getting into the direct bookings and and all of that, having a brand to stand behind, just kind of I guess builds the trust factor as well. Oh yeah. Do you, Catherine, and, and this, I think this will be helpful to our listeners no matter where they're tuning in from, because you said you're in your seventh year of hosting and you've been in the same market. Because I, you know, um, listeners, I am also, Net and I are also in Columbus, Ohio, but I used to live and host in New York City and I have a gap in, in my hosting. So I don't know what it was like before I got here, Catherine. Are you seeing a dip? in um, income or in occupancy because popularity to host has grown so much over the past, you know, seven to 10 years? We've seen a dip in income. Yeah. Definitely. Because I think the more properties that are so low priced, the more, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the more it kind of like, you know, messes with the rates. So yeah, I think we've seen it go down by... I mean, I don't have a percentage, but a little bit for sure. Do you have any loyalty with guests? I know, you know, do they purposely message you back and say, hey, we stayed with you at this property. We'd love to stay with you again. Do you think that's common because of the personal touches you put in your spaces? 
I mean, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have had that before. Um, And I think, you know, we've gotten some where people are like, oh, I was just looking at a couple listings and I realized they were all yours, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Some other people are just like, it feels like home, you know, like a a real home and not just like a set up for a rental. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess we have actually lived in all of our places too. So that probably contributes. To oh, that. that's... I Actually, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So you've actually yeah. spent an exper- extended period of time and dwelled officially yeah. in each of them. Hmm. Except for the last one, the, the newest one that okay. we uh, we just listed in February. Or I forget when we listed it. Right before all of this happened. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. We also talk to our listeners often, and we know you crush it here too, of... Opening your, you know, if your space is well designed, you're most likely going to have artists, mostly photographers, asking to use your space for photo shoots. Can you walk us through? I, I know I see on your social media a lot of bloggers, things of that nature coming into your home. Do you want to talk about how you handle that and how you handle those requests? Do you price them differently? What's your experience been with that? Have, yeah, we've been doing that for a couple of years. Um, we 100% charge differently for <gasps> you do. commercial shoots. Yes. <gasps> Teach I us mean, your ways. <laughs> oh my gosh. There, I mean, brands like uh, booking a, an Airbnb and paying a, a regular rate for a shoot that they're going to use to sell something is just not right. Like mm-hmm. there, there could definitely be a, a higher rate of charging. And that can be anywhere from like fifty to a hundred dollars an hour up to whatever. You know, it just it depends on the size of the shoot and what they're doing with it. Um, what they're doing with the content that they're creating at your property. Okay. So yeah. Can you um, can you disclose? You don't have to. Can you disclose like up like the highest amount you've been paid for a shoot or has it been over several days or and you can yeah. just say like 10x the normal rate or <laughs> I want to say it was something like like 750 to 1000 for a day. Nice score. Cuz yeah. I, I listeners are probably going to laugh cuz I used to just be like, "Oh, you want to have a photo shoot? It's just the normal rate." Cool. I'll never forget that Annette. <laughs> so many people do that though. Oh, and I like, had big brands, like really big brands and they're like, "Well, I mean, how would I decide?" and they're like, "You are." And I'm like, "Man, da." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Now I'm> like, <laughs> oh. No, and there's there's also, I mean, I know some other people who charge like five thousand dollars a day. And I mean it can it can like get up there. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so one hundred percent, yeah. Well, I mean, just in my... Because if you think about it too, like they don't... They have to bring in very few props or or anything. Like they're just... I mean, I don't know, Catherine, if you ever did this when you lived in New York, but you could totally list your home. It wasn't Airbnb style, but you could list your home to be like a set for like Law & Order or any of those shows. And they pay so nicely because they don't have to rent a studio and then bring in props and bring in lights. Like it's all kind of... I mean, they still have to bring in some of these things, but it's still a deal for them. So listeners don't feel bad. Like at the end of the day, it is win-win, but they're not going to tell you what they would be willing to pay. So you just kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Listeners, listeners, don't listen to me. (laughs) <laughs> That's listen. Listen to the New York girls. Do not listen to the you know the Midwestern. Oh, 
just the same. So don't listen yeah. to me. Listen to these two. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people do that because they just don't realize how it works. And I, I right. think, you know, I didn't realize in the beginning either. But when we started working with brands for beginning in the middle, I was like, wow, they're going to throw out like a lowball offer in the beginning. And then you can go back and ask for like three times the amount and they'll be like, okay, cool. And <laughs> it's just, it's like how it works. <laughs> They're never yeah. going to give you like the most or offer you the most upfront. So, but I think that it's just part of their job. They're going to try to get it for as little as yeah. possible. And Airbnb is um, a way that they are saving a lot of money on their yes, shoes. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I totally think it actually it like it bothers me so much because I yeah, everyone should just charge for these shoots. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish yeah. I honestly wish there was just something almost site-wide for Airbnb that if it was if it is commercial use, it kind of just not a different portal or something, but that that was an easy way to explain it. I don't know. It's 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 oh. a, it's a difficult thing to maneuver. I think, especially if oh, you're so true. if you're a new host and you don't know, you're just kind of like, well, what do I even? And some people, you know, they book your space and they don't even tell you they're gonna. You know, people be like, you know, they were bringing a bunch of cameras into your house. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, if you're because even if it's if it's a photographer, I know that they're charging their client for mm-hmm. that, and so. Uh, that is, that's where it gets a little like dicey. Is like I wish there was something on there that was, um, you know, f- for commercial yeah. use or photography only. That would be helpful. But we actually added something into our house rules about that. Oh, what can you sh- can you share that? Is it just like in just the text? Like, yeah, just like no commercial. Um, what I forget what we put, but no commercial activity in here unless we agree on it before. Oh writing or something like that. No, that's um, a great tip. That. That's a great and tip. People, yeah, people have messaged us about that. And they've been like, oh, okay, I saw this. Like, would you be okay with us doing a film shoot here? And I was like, yeah, but we have different rates for that. So that's interesting that you guys are talking about this because I actually <laughs> I watched a webinar. I got like an, a Facebook ad randomly the other day. Oh, your um, rental income space? <laughs> Maybe is it was it the location rentals? Yeah, they are. Yes, in LA. <laughs> we gotta get them on the way, podcast, they're, Annette. Um, Catherine, they're, they're from, from Columbus, Columbus, or at least one of them is from Columbus. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are. So I, I was like, um, this is this is awesome mm-hmm. that they're talking about this. But I, I think that it's a huge opportunity, especially. I mean, right now it's kind of hard because no one's in production, no one's doing big shoots. But even for like content creators. Who you know, it's like one blogger or one or you know a small group of people. Mm-hmm. There are so many agencies in this in this city and everywhere that just need different places to create content, and it's smart. It's a, it's a smart way, like to I guess add on to your overnight bookings that you already have. And Catherine, I think you touch on something really great. And um, listeners, we're recording this during still during shelter in place and COVID. And the thing about this. We talk about, you know, maybe midterm is the new short term, but also exactly what Catherine is just saying. There, there are going to be so many brands, personal brands, big brands. People are going to be looking for spaces to create content in, to hold meetings in. There's going to be a shift in 
and all of that. And, and again, I think too, just like people wanting to create their own brand is going to continue to, um, to be on the rise and do content creation. And you've got, it's always needs to be new. You can't be filming in the same exact, you know, it's no more like Mr. Rogers. People are going to want new stuff <laughs> to look at in, in different areas. So I think this is a time to look at that and how can, how can you diversify uh, the type of rentals that you're doing? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, it just makes sense because I think there's there's only a certain amount of things that you can do like with a rental that's not getting as much money as it should be getting due to a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like only a certain amount of pivots that are available, but I think this is one that's you know, like you said, Annette. I think um, more people are getting online. I think there's a lot of businesses that are gonna you know not renew their leases because they're realizing that they can work just as well remotely. And so like there there's probably just these new needs that are going to continue to go up as this everything kind of like changes. Catherine, so I want our listeners to know that you I mean, you have four short-term rentals and that it takes a lot of time to do that, but this is not the only you're not a you're not just a host. Not that if you are a host, that's you're just a host. I just mean that you do other things too to generate revenue for your family. So could you share with our listeners how you juggle that with your other job slash jobs? Like, do you have um, a turnover pro that you rely on? Do you Are you on the app talking to guests? How do you handle the day-to-day of your hosting? Yeah. Um, so we have... Finally, we found a very good cleaning team about a year ago. And that is like probably the most important thing in keeping this business from being a complete headache. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that that's awesome. Yes, we 100% rely on on our cleaning team. And then we had someone helping us too with managing and we had to like put her on pause um, with the reduced income that we had. So we signed up for a property management system that's now helping us just kind of manage all the guest communication and all of that. Um, and yes, I I am the one now that like answers guests if they have questions. And yeah, but I think that the two biggest things that potentially make this make managing a headache are the guest communications and the cleaning. And if those can be taken care of then it actually it's not completely passive definitely not um but it maybe requires like an hour a day of like mental thought or a half hour a day you know whatever there's some days that are more some days are less but it's manageable so what's what's next for village host the village host are you thinking you want to purchase more properties and bring them into your your rental your short term rental portfolio, or where? What what's kind of the next? There doesn't need to be a next, <laughs> you know, the next endeavor or the next property. But just wondering, uh, is it you're thinking the village host? You're going to stick with that short term portfolio for a while? Is it like, hey, we know we're going to host for the next ten years, or do you guys kind of take it in stride, or can you? Can you give our listeners kind of some insight into how you and your husband are planning for the future in your short-term rental business? That is a good question. I guess we we have never looked 
long-term at anything. (laughs) Okay, Um, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just, it's hard to look that far out. So that being said, um, we got into it with no plan whatsoever. And it worked out. And now we're very excited about it. And we love it. So we definitely want to keep our properties and want to grow our business. I think if the right opportunity came up to sell, we would have no problem doing that. But um, that's not really in the plan. Um, So we would love to do a boutique hotel or something like that. Like a large scale bed and breakfast type thing. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we're not really sure. That was that was kind of like on the horizon pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I hear you, girl. Um, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> we're just rethinking. You know, like, does it make more sense to do something like kind of Sarah? What you have with just different uh, units within a building, but they're not all kind of like you just have the rooms like a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, you can convert them from short term to long term, and you know it's just there's a little more flexibility there. So I think we're thinking something something like that. Hopefully, I don't know what form it's going to take, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we would love to do next. Well, I love that too, Catherine, because like we share with our listeners, yes, we're at the height of COVID right now, and. You know, we've all experienced a decrease in income, but that hasn't stopped your love for hosting. And that's not a prerequisite to be on the Thanks for Visiting show. You know, we want to know your real thoughts on the hosting industry and it as a as a career or um, revenue generating endeavor. But it sounds like through all of this, even right now, when it's been the toughest for us, you're st- you still love hosting and you still love what it's all about. And you're all about the hospitality and creating spaces that people love. So, I mean, do you see that? that I mean, is that correct? Would you say that's pretty correct? You, you still love what you guys are doing and, and the model you've chosen to, to do with real estate? Yeah, 100%. I think... I mean, I guess like owning the properties does give us a little control over what we can do with them. Um, in situations like this. So that's been kind of nice to have that to fall back on. But I, you know, as long as people are traveling in some way, shape, or form, I think short term rentals are going to be an asset to them. And especially now with people being a little more conscious of like what they're touching and who they have to rub against to get to, you know, their room or whatever short-term rentals are like a really great option. And I, I feel like they could even become more popular. Yes. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Sarah and I agree. Let's just put that... Let's just secret that into the world, ladies. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Yeah. I just... I feel like they're they're really... It's just a great thing to have, you know, and especially we, we have a daughter. So it's way more appealing for us to stay somewhere where I'm not worrying about like the neighboring hotel room like getting mad at us cuz she's making noise or just i think having having privacy is um is really an awesome thing that yeah. you can get anywhere else um so Catherine, we have a lot of listeners who tune in who have not yet gotten into airbnb yet so if you had now with all of your experience and all of the just time you've spent hosting. What's like your one tip you give to people whenever they ask you, like, what's your, you know, what's your one piece of advice? I, I'm, I'm a new host. What would you say to them? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I would just say like, 
stick with it. And, you know, if you love it, if you love what you're doing, then this is just going to be a little blip in time that you're not going to remember in three years from now. Well, you'll remember it, but you'll get (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So yeah, just like use this time to take care of the things that you haven't been able to take care of because your calendar has been full. Those, you know, just improve whatever you can, change out the old sheets that you haven't touched in forever or um, get new towels, caulk the baseboards, stuff like that. And I think if you haven't hosted ever and you're interested in hosting, like I would just say use this time to learn as much as you can about it. And if you're looking for a property, like there's many ways that you can do it. But a good way to start is by looking at Airbnb or HomeAway or whatever and seeing what is already out there and look at their calendars, see what people are charging, see how full they are, see their reviews. And it's just like looking at what's out there does give you a really good idea of whether or not your idea is going to work. Right. Right. Location and stuff. Amazing. Well, Annette, do you have any other questions? I don't... I mean, believe it or not, I don't think I do. I mean, actually, I have a million, but that's okay. <laughs> no one wants to listen to all of my, like, all of my all questions. Of or maybe questions. you too. So if, 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 if our listeners want to reach out to you, Catherine, what's your favorite way of being contacted? Is it your website or how can our listeners find you? Yeah, Instagram is is great. We're on Instagram a lot. So amazing. So beginning in the middle or the village hosts on Instagram. And we'll make sure to... Have those in the show notes, listeners. Also, I'll, we will. Um, have, Brian and Catherine were featured by Airbnb in the same series that Sarah and her husband were featured in, and we'll make sure to add their feature to our this episode show notes too, so you can check oh them out gosh. and see them and and see their work. It's, it was an excellent series that Airbnb did a while ago, and we'll make sure to link to Catherine and her husband's. Uh, you guys have amazing. <laughs> tips on how to get five star reviews in your video and their daughter their daughter makes the most adorable cameo. Oh, <laughs> so totally. you definitely want to check it out. Yeah, she stole, she, she, she stole may have. Show. I mean, y'all are cute too, but <laughs> she was good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Catherine. We really appreciate you being on the show. Yes, Catherine and everybody go go follow. Go follow Catherine like I said. It, it will be it'll be worth it'll be worth the follow. I I guarantee yes. it. All right, listeners, I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant. And together we are... Thanks Thanks for for visiting. visiting. (laughs) Uh, Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers. We've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.